you only get one shot at retirement. So you better get it right. That's why we're here to help you with income planning, investment planning, and making sure you're taking advantage of advanced tax planning. Eliminate the financial worries of tomorrow and retire with certainty today by listening to Phil Putney of AFS Wealth Management. This is the podcast for you if you need to eliminate lots of question marks that surround your current financial plan. Welcome to Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts. Hey gang, welcome into another edition of the podcast. This is Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts with Phil Putney. What's going on, buddy? How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Hanging in there? How's the uh, how's the fall treating you? Is it finally there? It, it's pretty good. It's uh, this any changes in weather always wreak havoc with my sinuses. Oh uh, yeah, I'm with you there. Yeah, probably sound a little stuffy on the phone today, and that's what's going on. It's, that's all right. That, that changeover, but I love the fall. It's always nice, brisk mornings, and as long as the sun's shining, we're good. So. <laughs> yeah, take it, take it while you can. That's for sure. That, that's right. It's just a reminder of what's coming. <laughs> that's right. Well, we got a great show lined up, folks, here on the podcast. Thanks as always for tuning in and chatting with us. Phil, of course, a CPA and a personal financial specialist at AFS Wealth AFSWealthMGT.com. And uh, let's turn our attention to some headlines here for a second, Phil. A uh, long way to go, but at what point is the, who even knows where to start with this 2020 election stuff and impeach this and blah, blah, I, that. I, and, know. <laughs> I mean, who even knows what to do, but we have seen uh, at the time of this taping, we have seen a bit of a slide in the market. Nothing too major. Uh, it seems to slide, you know, four, five, 600 points. And then it comes, it comes back. I don't know. What do we make of all this? It's funny because there's all sorts of different rules of thumb, so to speak, when you talk about presidential elections and cycles and all that kind of stuff. And I mean, there's actually some managers out there that have some strategies around presidential election cycles. You know, I just hmm. read a, um, a statistic the other day that I think it was something like the fourth year of a president's term generates twice the return that they had in the first term. Huh. You know, and fourth, the election year like that, there's historically never a down year just because the incumbents trying to do everything they can to, to prop up the market and keep things going. But the thing I always like to bring up when that happened is, is uh, the fact that 2008 was an election year. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> True. These are but all it was general all... rules of thumb. I would not invest accordingly. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it, it's, uh, well, it eight, doesn't always play out that way. Eight but. was kind of already on the slide from the end of 07 though, right? Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. was, it was there. Yeah, so you know, I just got the brunt of it in that year. Right. Yeah, the dominoes were falling. So yeah. So, so do we? Do yeah, we, I mean, it, do we it's make always an interesting time in the market. You yeah. never know what's going to happen. Right. So. And I and I think for a lot of people who kind of worry about that, I mean, you could find any number of reasons to say, you know, I think we had a question a while back where somebody was like, well, the next whoever comes into office next, I need to plan, a, you know, my, my retirement plan needs to work accordingly. It's like, why is that going to be the yeah. only administration you see in your retirement? You know, no, yeah. you're going to see other ones. So, yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, at the end of the day, you need to have a plan that's an all weather plan. I mean, yeah. we're going to have yeah. volatility and we're going through all sorts of cycles. I and mean, it's just what the markets do. They're, they're up and down. And uh, I always tell my clients, I mean, you're going to typically see in a, you know, 20, 30 year retirement, two, maybe three bull bear market cycles. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you've got to have some kind of a strategy in place to, to hedge against that. 
um, but yet still have growth potential for long term because hopefully you're going to be in retirement 20 to 30 years right. and you're going to need to keep up with inflation. So, well, I, so to me, it's about having a strategy. Yeah. You know, don't worry about what the, the market's going to do. I think that's a good a good thought. And and I will say this, if you are thinking about the, the upcoming election, uh, there are some candidates that do definitely want to significantly raise taxes. So let's transition to that and say, well, you know, maybe a good planning process was to would be to think about how to be efficient and save on taxes. And so maybe you can share with us uh, something where you, you know, a, a situation or client review or something where you saved uh, some folks a significant amount of taxes just because of the good planning. In taxes are a significant part of our planning process the whole time. My, my background being a CPA, I've got a master's of science in tax. So my focus both as a CPA and as a uh, personal financial specialist today is, is helping my clients better position their overall income and assets in the most tax efficient manner. Just met with a, a prospective client again today that they hadn't you know, started to think of, of what things look like down the road for them as age 70 and a half uh, starts to happen. You know, and they're trying to structure things in such a way today and enjoying this 12 or 15% bracket. You know, it used to be the 15 is now the 12% bracket. Not looking down the road just a few more years as they reach 70 and a half and required minimum distributions happen and all these dominoes start to fall. So, and this is a common scenario. It's, it's very often we're able to help clients step back, take a bigger, broader picture of their scenario from a tax standpoint, not just looking at uh, where it's at today. And by doing that, now repositioning, maybe paying taxes early through Roth conversions and moving money um, is a common strategy we use. So again, it's something that I think is overlooked and not usually taken advantage of because most advisors don't understand taxes. That's not their background. And they're always telling you to talk to your CPA. Okay. So good thing to think about against, you know, taxes are always going to be a key factor. And a lot of times it's one where I think we all think about it, but I don't know if we put enough oomph behind it when we're working with our, our planners to say, Hey, let's make sure we're doing as much as we can here in this area. So of course, Phil being a CPA, again, that's something that's always top of mind. So let's hit our main topic then Phil this week and talk about variables that shape people's retirement plans. If there were no variables and everybody was the same, your job would be really, really simple and probably boring. <laughs> Absolutely. That's what I love about it. Because every I always tell clients, all the pieces are very similar, but everyone's scenario is much different, you know, and how those pieces yeah. fit together. So you know, it's a puzzle. Like each person's a puzzle and they're kind of close and you can kind of get an idea, but there's always something to kind of make it a challenge to how you have to arrange that to get the right picture you're looking for. So on today's show, let's explain uh, why, you know, some retirement questions vary uh, and some things to think about from person to person. And we'll just start with the biggie and that's the old income needs, right? Sometimes people come in and say, well, I have X number saved. I should be good. And it's like, well, how much income do you need? And that's really the big question. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's one of those pieces that um, if you get it wrong, the plan may look really good, but it doesn't work. You know, if you way underestimate, and unfortunately that's our tendency is to underestimate what we spend. We, we have no idea really, I think for the most part, what we spend. It's funny. I've got a, um, I teach classes on retirement planning and, and social security. One of the exercises that I'll have um, the attendees of the class do is go through a budget worksheet, which everyone's favorite thing, right? Budgeting where you're trying to figure out, okay, well, what do I need? Nine times out of 10, the number they come up with on there is, is way too low. Then I take them through a reality check and say, okay, let's look at your tax return last year. How much did you make? How much did you pay in taxes? At the end of the day, that's the net income you had, the net spendable income, and it only went two places. You either saved it or you spent it. Mm -hmm. 
make sure you understand really what is your your retirement income goal and make sure it's realistic. Yeah, and, and all those things are going to factor into it to cover the income. And so yep. there's a list, there's a litany of questions you could go through and say, well, how much income do we need? And nobody likes the B word, you know, when we say budget. Yeah. But yeah, that's why we start with that. But I mean, it's it's not something I recommend because no one does it. it yeah, you know, it's just not practical. Right. And, yeah. Then you got to look at travel. What are yeah. you going to do? Maybe you're right. going to, you know, you're on this permanent vacation at retirement. Yep. Hobbies. My clients often are planning for travel for 10, 15 years. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you gotta look at hobbies. I've been eyeballing yep. this, uh, buying this '78 Trans Am because I had one when I was in high school, and yep. <laughs> and my my wife's like, "Oh dear lord, <laughs> here we go." <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, the house, pay it off, don't pay it off. You know, whatever. You know, various different things. So you gotta yep. think about the income needs. So that's a variable that's different for everybody. Uh, we mentioned taxes with our little uh, conversation a second ago, but let's hit it again because in this variable conversation how much we're going to pay in taxes is going to vary. And there's a lot of different pieces that can adjust that variability. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's one of those pieces that I think most people don't think they can control um, or have much ability to manipulate, you know, but the reality is you can do that to some extent. I mean, it's, right. it's a matter of understanding the, the tax liability in the different types of accounts, you know, your tax deferred, your IRA, 401k, RSPs, whatever, you know, hundred different names they have for those retirement accounts, they are deferred. Um, you've simply never paid the tax on them yet. And at some point, whether you need it or not at 70 and a half with required minimum distributions, that's going to start. You know, so you just have to understand what that looks like and make sure you're you're looking down the road and, and having a tax plan in place that not only looks at where you're at today, but ultimately what do things look like as I reach some of these milestones. The other piece with taxes, what does it look like when either spouse passes away? Because often you go from maybe a lower income for that surviving spouse because they've lost some income from social security or a pension or something of that nature. But yet the reality is now they go from being married, filing joint to single. So taxes take yet another jump at that stage. So yeah, and that one gets missed a lot too, doesn't it? Oh, it, it does all yeah. the time. Um, I was again talking to a, a client today that they didn't even think about that, and they, you don't. I mean, it's just not something you're programmed. Yeah, to think I mean, you've about. been you've been you've been filing jointly, let's say, for forty years, yep. you know, and unfortunately, you lose your partner and. You know, that changes the tax dynamic. You know, the government, like it or not, they don't care. And so you've got to switch to the fact that now you're filing single and that put that could change your tax bracket. So we'll change your tax bracket, actually. So there's a lot to consider, especially under the new tax law. Now, who knows what happens with future ones? And when we're talking about the taxes, let's stay here for just a minute, Phil. Sure. Um, kicking it down the road is what we all tend to do uh, with our traditional. We'll just lump all those things 403B, 401K, TSP, just lump them all in a 401K category for yep. simplicity's sake. We tend to kick it all down the road. And so right now, while we do know what the tax rates are and we know what they might be for the next couple of years, maybe, um, is it wise to consider doing conversions? A lot of people have been on this train to say, let me get out of, you know, let me go and pay the taxes now while it's cheaper. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely something worth considering, and, and it's um, a big part of the planning process that we walk our clients through. You've got to be careful. You know, okay. The, okay. there's, I think, too many people take it to the extreme and say, I want to convert everything. <laughs> right, right. Um, 
that often doesn't make sense either because at the end of the day, you just got to make sure you're not paying too much tax to her. Right. Um, Should it know, be like you, the you, uh, the elephant joke? How how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a that's time. That's right. One bite at a time. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's definitely something to consider. You've got to understand all the dynamics of it. Make sure you're doing some projections down the road to see what you know the potential is, and and then make sure you've got a balanced plan to. to put both of you, if you're married, um, during your retirement years in a better tax position, but also than that surviving spouse. So. Okay. All right. So we're talking about retirement variables here. Taxes, big variable, of course. Longevity, third on the list of yes. variables. And uh, I am one of those people. I think I've said it before, but I am the big naysayer of I will pass away early. My wife hates it, but I'm not planning like, hey, I'm going to spend all my money. So when I pass away early, cool. I'm planning that if I'm wrong and I live longer, I still got some bread. <laughs> right. You know, so. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's like any of the other variables. You, you've got to make sure you understand the dynamic in the overall plan. Right. Um, right. Where, you know, it's always the, the fun part of a planning process. And that's where we always start is talk about longevity, you know, looking yeah. at family history. I mean, that's right. Cause mine's plays terrible. Into it right. some, but I, you know, the, the interesting piece is I don't think it plays into it as heavily as most people think, you know, okay. it, it's unless there's some kind of genetic scenario of, you know, cancer or heart disease or something like that. <laughs> right. Genetically. Um, the reality is your current lifestyle plays more into it than anything, you know? So just, I mean, it's something to, to, Seriously consider though. Um, there's a, an interesting statistic that we uh, we go through when we talk about Social Security with um, our clients in our class. You know, that talks about the average um, married couple, 65. You know, the male lives to like 85, the female to 90. Um, but there's like a I think it's a 25% probability that one of them is going to make it to 97. You know, and that's kind of the the reality you that's have crazy. to look at as yeah. a married couple is out of the two of you, there's a high probability one of you is going to make it very long. So What's the plan? How do, how does this work at that stage? Yeah, and you know, and again, current health and family history, and again, I'm one of those people that have you know bad on both sides of that, and so I certainly understand the the gravitation for a lot of us that feel as though that's going to be the case. But you do need to be smart and realize that you you know your parents' situation medically and yours may be the same genetically, but technology is not significantly, different, significantly yeah. different. I mean, I'll, I'll share it. I think I've shared on here before, but I had open heart at 41. I had a quadruple bypass. Uh, okay, and a lot wow. of it's, yeah, yeah, a lot of it's hereditary based. My dad was in the hospital for three weeks in the eighties with his triple. I was in the hospital for three days. Yeah, you know, exactly. And Much yes, different time we live in. Right. Today, so. and, and sure, you could say some of that's the insurance company going, get out. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? and, and there's a lot of truth to that. Right. But, but at the same time, they wouldn't just send you home if it was unhealthy, uh, right. if it was dangerous. And so, you know, I mean, they had me walking within, uh, I woke up, you know, uh, I think I was totally out for almost 24 hours. Yeah, almost 24 hours. I went to, they put me under at 6 a.m. and I basically woke up at 2 a.m. the next thing. And by eight hours later, they had me up and walking. You know, so, yep. it, you know, they don't monkey around. So technology does play a factor in that. Let's continue on with our variables here. I don't want to sidetrack too much. Social security, a uh, huge variable, Phil, because people, it runs the gamut. You know, and a lot of people that right now do tend to say, give it to me at 62 because I don't want to get it while I can. But, you know, there's a lot of variables in here. Yeah, lots of them. I mean, we talk about life expectancy. That's unfortunately one of the pieces that you've got to, have somewhat of a handle on, or at least an understanding of, of how that plays into the strategy around Social Security. But again, around life expectancy, one of the biggest mistakes I see is 
looking at individual life expectancies and not understanding with Social Security the fact that there is a survivor benefit. You know, I, I see too often that maybe the higher earning spouse, they might be a little older, maybe in poorer health, is looking at that break-even analysis and, and trying to figure out and say, well, you know what, there's no way I'm going to make it into my 80s, so I'm not going to wait. But the reality is there may be a younger spouse, you know, better health is going to end up with that benefit as a survivor. You know, so you've got to not look at just your own life expectancy, but beyond that, you know, for that surviving spouse. Just again, it's it's just one of the the cogs, so to speak, in this whole wheel of retirement and where does it fit in? Yeah. Yeah. And, and do you find that a lot of people feel when they come to see you for the first time, they are kind of on that, let me take it as soon as I can train? There's a lot of people that are. Yeah. They, um, you know, I often see people misunderstand the concept of retirement, thinking, well, once I retire, I've got to file for Social Security. I was wondering if it was something. I wonder if some of that. There's two separate yeah. decisions. I mean, yeah. you know, they're a lot of times connected in some fashion, but they don't have to be at the same time, especially if they had a pension. You know, a lot of, at least in our area, a lot of the big um, three automakers, if you took some kind of an early retirement pre 62, they actually give you a supplemental pension that lasts until age 62. Well, once you're eligible for Social Security at 62, that supplemental pension drops. Doesn't mean you have to file for Social Security. Just means you have to understand your income from the pension is going to drop and how am I going to replace that? Yeah. Maybe it is Social Security. Right, right. But then what are the other streams of income you have? So it, it all comes back to understanding all the different moving pieces and having a plan in place so they all work together. Well, the final piece of the variables is, of course, risk. And, you know, man, we've seen so much. Uh, like I said before, this market right now, the last two years is like a Rocky movie. It's like Balboa. It gets beat down. We think it's going down and it I gets know, back exactly. up. And it comes back again. <laughs> and it gets knocked down again and it gets back up. And, you know, you could even make the analogy that, the you know, the Russian beats it down and it gets that, back That's right. <laughs> uh, whatever you are, you want to go. But we do need to be cognizant of the variable of risk because a lot of us, Look, we're all human. We all tend to be greedy. When we just in, you know, in May it was sliding, and then June, July, we saw it hit all time highs again. Uh, August it slid, popped back up at the end of August, beginning of September. And it's easy to want to push for, eke out a little bit more and a little bit more. But depending on your time horizon, you really need to be cognizant of saying, all right, really, what's my risk level in case this thing does go south? Right. And that's, I mean, we're always very conscious of understanding risk and, and you know, first of all, what's your comfort level? Because it doesn't do any good to have you at a, a risk beyond your comfort level, right. even if it's maybe something appropriate. But it's also important in understanding how to position that risk because I um, far too often see retirees think, okay, I'm in retirement. Now I've got to go conservative with everything, you know, but yet, like we talked earlier, you're probably going to have 20, maybe 30 years in retirement there's going to be some long-term inflation that you're going to have to start to combat and have a plan to handle that. So personally, how we set things up is we bucketize money. You know, we've got a, what we call our soon bucket. That's a bucket that we're spending down over the next 10 to 11 years. That is very conservative. You know, we're hedging against the downside risk because as we're pulling money out, risks in that bucket can harm you, you know, as you're taking money out of what's called a sequence of returns. You, you take money out of an account as it's falling. You start to compound the effect of that loss. So we want to have any risk in our portfolio and what we call our later buckets. So that's going to be a 10 or more years down the road. We've got time to, to run through some volatility and then reposition it as we get closer to a need. So whatever your strategy is, just make sure you're, you're not going too conservative or too aggressive. I've seen it on both sides of the equation. You know, you've got to have risk for growth, but yet yep. 
hedge against how that risk affects you. Yep. If you go into uh, there's a little cartoon, you go into a, a deli counter to order your favorite sandwich and the sign behind the uh, the cashier there says, choose one of three quality quantity or cleanliness <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and, and that's that's kind of how investments are you get two of three i think i said that's one right. of three but you get two of three I, I said that backwards but uh yeah so you know just make sure that when you're talking about variables you are talking with your advisor you are working with them you are sharing the things that are a concern to you because your variables and the person that came in before you are going to be probably different and you want to make sure that you're being clear and concise with your messages and the things that you're concerned about and of course you know phil does this every day he's been doing this for almost 30 years, a great resource for you to tap into. If you have not yet shared our podcast with friends or family or folks, maybe you're already a current client or you're enjoying the podcast, let others know if they might benefit from that. And you can have them go to AFSWealthMGT.com. That is AFSWealthMGT.com. That's Phil's website. You can click on the podcast page and subscribe to it through Apple or Google or whatever platform. And under each episode, there's simple ways to share it on social media or texting and various different things. And we'd certainly appreciate it. And of course, before you take any action, if you have questions, call Phil directly. Get on the calendar for a consultation before you take any movements in case you're thinking about something. 248-888-7530. 248-888-7530. Let's depart with a quick email question, Phil, this week from Lucy in Northville. And uh, Lucy's got a pretty simple question. She says, Phil, how often should I be meeting with or talking with my financial advisor? I ask because, well, I get a birthday card from the company annually and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's well, probably I not remember good. you on your birthday. Right? I guess so. Yeah, I, you probably should be meeting with them or having some kind of correspondence more often than just a, a quick birthday card. I mean, the reality is, hopefully, you've got a plan that, that's been established, and if there is, then you should be revisiting that at least once a year. You know, coming back to what's the the scenario? Are you on track for that plan? Are you off track? Where are things going? Right. Um, right. Personally, with our practice, I mean, we're meeting with clients at least once a year, especially if we're doing Roth conversion strategies, because we're handling what that conversion should be for this year. Are we on track for that plan? And, and where does, you know, where do things go from here? What kind of adjustments do we need to make? So yeah, definitely a little more often than just a birthday <laughs> card. I mean, that, that's a nice... Hi, how are you? But that, right, that doesn't right. even count as it, a, it, uh, you know a contact to me. <laughs> if it's a singing birthday card, though, you got to go. You got to you got to draw right, the yeah. line right there. No, no. If you know, if it was a uh, what are the birthday grams or whatever. Oh, birthday gram. Yeah, it might be something uh, different. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Well, Lucy, thanks so much for the question, folks. Thanks so much for your time here on the podcast. This is Phil's tax hacks and other retirement facts with the one and only Phil Putney, CPA and personal financial specialist at AFS Wealth Management here in the Detroit area. Subscribe to the show and we'll see you next time on the program. Phil, thanks, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care. We'll see you later here on Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts. Investment advisory services offered through AFS Wealth Management. The content of this program is provided for informational purposes only and is not a solicitation or recommendation of any investment strategy. Investments and or investment strategies involve risk, including the possible loss of principal. There is no assurance that any investment strategy will achieve its objectives.